to another episode of Life Uncut. This is our Saturday morning radio show, all packaged up in a safe little spot for you if you missed it and didn't listen live this week. Now, you're supposed to be listening live before we just hand this to you on a platter. We want you guys listening live. But, but this is also can't. the highlight reel. This is like you don't get the full thing if you just listen to this. You're only getting the best bits. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if that's going to make them want to listen live or not. <laughs> Maybe some of you want to listen to the mediocre bits as well. Oh, we did have a little vacay this week, though, didn't we, Laura? We did. As you guys know, if you've been listening to the pod, we have been in Queensland. We took our Ask Uncut Thursday episode off. It was really nice to have a few days off, guys, not going to lie. But the radio show was awesome. We have a like a, an epic show today. We got to speak to one of Brit's friends. She's spoken about him on the podcast before. We spoke to Nick Kyrgios, and he unpacks and shares with us the ins and outs of his relationship, well, how he got into a new relationship he's with his so girlfriend. He's so disgustingly in love, isn't he? Like About he how is... she's the one. Well, yeah, he's he thinks she's the one. Dropping so some L-bombs. I hope, I really, really hope she is. She seems really great. I haven't met her yet, but seeing how happy Nick is and how in love he is, it's and like everyone loves to hear someone say, how in love they are like you know we love love here at life on we bloody love love we we're love, here love. for it uh, i am sharing a very embarrassing story about something that happened to me at the beach whilst on holidays and it has something to do with my underwear i got into a fight at the dog park but <laughs> we'll <laughs> talk about that later anyways with all that out of the way let's get into the show all new in 22 Fred hockley and laura Byrne getting saucy for your saturday morning the life uncut radio show on kiss are all of you guys watching maps is it just me in this room? Not me. Okay, I can oh, honestly say I've never watched an episode of Maths and I don't think I ever will, but I do do the recaps and I do do yeah. some reading the next day, like on all the little news publications. Because you can't escape it because yeah. everyone's talking about it. But Because this, it's always cooked. Oh, it's so <laughs> messed up. And, you know, like it really isn't the litmus test for where relationships should be at. But this week I'm going to bring you up to speed. So Andrew, <laughs> Andrew is the big Texan guy who's on the show and he has, like, he's the controversial one this season. He's a real alpha male and he said some pretty questionable things but he's been paired with holly now they're a terrible pairing if anyone if anyone's (laughs) interested it's awful he is the real alpha male she is this sweet little darling and she really wants to have kids and they're on totally different pages now what i wanted to talk to you guys about is that he has said some pretty some pretty nasty things to her all in the vein of being honest and this is what happened this week on the show I feel that Holly is feeling rejected at this point, but I feel like I've been open and honest with her about how I feel. So I'm at peace where I'm at with it. I would rather be honest with her and and hurt her than to be dishonest with her and hurt her even more. I'm just being my authentic self as much as I possibly can. And if you're less attracted to me for me being authentic and honest, I'm okay with that. That doesn't hurt my feelings. I don't feel responsible for how you feel. That's not my responsibility. That's your responsibility. Jesus. Wowzers. Yeah, so what happened was that they'd actually slept together and then afterwards he'd said something along the lines of that he'd had more intimate and more wonderful sex with a one-night stand than well, what he had, had with 350 her. sexual partners. That's he, what he said. Oh, see, you are following along, Britt. You I do told know what's you, happening. I, I can't bring myself to watch it and add to the viewership, but I do do the recaps. But I think that there is something fundamentally wrong with anybody that thinks that they can say something rude and offensive and it's the other person's problem if it hurts their feelings. Like Mm. when people say, you know when people come up to you and they say, look, 
no offense. And then they follow up with something (laughs) super offensive. Just because you preface that with no offense does not make it not offensive. Well, that's been the big debate this week. It's like, is it okay to be brutally honest to someone? Like, can I say you are a dumb idiot, but you can't be offended because I'm just being honest. Well, do you know what? No, you can't. Dumb and idiot are the same thing. So you're the dumb idiot. I was going for dramatic impact. Thanks, Britt. But no, of course that's going to offend me just because you say, but you know what this actually reminds me? Laura, I don't know if this happened to you, but in the Bachelor auditions, so we're going back a few years now, guys. In the Bachelor auditions, for my audition, they you don't know anyone in the room, right? You've just met. They put us all in a circle and they picked two people. So they pointed to me. They were like, you and you just picked another girl. You walk into the middle in front of everyone. You don't know each other. And they're like, you're not allowed to talk to each other. I want you to look at each other. You're standing in front of each other. Look at each other for one minute. So we're standing there. Everyone's watching you. Everything's Mm. silent. You're staring at each other for one minute. Then they say, now tell each other what you don't like about each other. Oh, wow. It was so cooked. And I just thought, because I, I don't have a bad bone in my body. So I, I said something. I, you know, I'm pretty proud of myself. I said something super constructive. So I Wait, said. Wait, what did you say? <laughs> what was your feedback to this person you'd never met before? I said to her, because I thought you have, oh, to, no. you have to do what they want to do, right? Which is say something you don't like. But I said, I don't like how you don't smile with your teeth. Oh. Because oh. you have a really beautiful smile, but I can tell that you don't want to show it. So it wasn't even like a backhanded compliment. It was a backhanded insult. It actually was a compliment. It was a, I, I nailed it. it was- <laughs> See, we did the opposite on ours. We had to give a stranger a compliment. So ours was kind of a little bit kinder. But if anyone tries to tell you that reality TV is toxic, they are absolutely not wrong, is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The takeaway from this. I can confirm it's toxic. I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm not here for it. I think that Andrew's left now, hasn't he? And I think that's probably for the best. Well, no, he didn't leave. He came back. So oh. clearly he hasn't been watching <laughs> <laughs> There's more right. to come, don't worry. <laughs> the Life Uncut Radio Show with Britt Hockley and Laura Byrne. We love Fun kiss. In two days' time, ladies, it's V Day. Are we excited? <laughs> <laughs> the most overrated day of love that there is of the year. Is it <sighs> even a day of love? It's a day of money making. That's what I yeah. think. I look personally, I am not a big Valentine's Day person. I say that. Like, I, I still love a gift. I love some attention. I love someone to pat me on the head, tell me I'm pretty. I like you. You're <laughs> not a Valentine's Day person until it's Valentine's Day. You're dating someone and they haven't bought you a gift. Yes. And then you are that person. Do you know what it is? I, I don't really care if I don't get a gift. I'm not going to be offended, but I'm still going to love it if you do it for me. So I'm not going to throw it back in your face. But if you are one of those people, and there are plenty of people out there, I feel like Valentine's Day creeps up. It's usually men. They panic. They don't know what to buy. They leave to the last minute. Then they get something absolutely ridiculous. So I wanted to know, Laura, what is V-Day like in your household with you and Maddie J? Do you know what? When you say this, that it's that they leave it to the last minute, every single person has been to like Woolworths at 3pm on Valentine's yeah. Day and there's some poor guy standing there in the card aisle like looking at them forlorn. <laughs> I think if you left it to 3 o'clock on the day, you're screwed either way. But no, we're not big on celebrating Valentine's Day in our household. Matt will always, he'll go and get a bunch of flowers. He tells me he's not into it, but he always brings home a trusty bunch of flowours. And it's just the one time of the year, that one day of the year, you yep, do the horizontal. That's it. Dance of love. Oh, we definitely don't do that. I'm too tired. But no, a bunch of flowers. That's all I need. Maybe I'll cook some dinner. But you know what's worse than a crappy Valentine's Day gift? I once dated a guy who was just against giving gifts. Like he made it a real point at the beginning of the relationship. He was like, I don't do gift giving, which meant no Valentine's Day, no birthday, no Christmas. He never bought me what? a gift, which I feel like you can't be the one that's against it. Like you can't say I'm against gift giving. I'm never going to give you anything. Absolutely Surely. not. Terrible. Do you want to know what's funny? I stayed with him <laughs> for six years. That was, that was the worst part. <laughs> that's not even what was funny. 
Well, of course you do. You know that. That's the whole key for me. Fool me once, guys. <laughs> Fool me six years in a row. Don't you worry. True to me and keep them keen. That's the epitome of that. No, I, do you know what? I gave, I was the person, I gave the worst gift one year. I was with my partner for, it was a long time, six, seven years. <laughs> what did you give him? I bought him, I think I panicked as well. I bought him a massage kit, but it was like a hot stone massage kit. So you, it just it literally was stones. I could have gone down to the shop and got them. It was two rocks. Just down to the river. You, you heat them up and then you massage each other with an oil. But I bought oh, them so that hot. he could massage me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brittany like, missed the brief. <laughs> it was like, this is literally the worst present you've ever got me. Oh, we want yours. What was your worst Valentine's Day gift? Uh, read out some of them. What do we have? Well, we got a rock. Someone sent in a rock <laughs> called Max. <laughs> Wait. Like a diamond ring or like a pebble? No, no, neither. Literally a rock. They called it Max and he wrote a message on it that said, you rock. Oh, now, that's funny. I Look. wanted to read this one out because it makes me feel better because I also gave a rock, as you know. Do you know what? I think that that's a bit creative. The one that came in that was worse than receiving a rock was some bobby pins. Somebody <laughs> literally got given bobby pins and then they also got given a book of cat poems and they didn't even own a cat. <laughs> why would you give Why would you give bobby pins? It was probably another but like, girl surely was it was a full packet. It wasn't like a single bobby One. pin. Maybe he's maybe like I'm gonna I'm gonna give, be the devil's advocate here. Maybe she stays at his house all the time and she's always looking for a goddamn bobby pin. Because we know how hard they are to find. Maybe when you need it was one. his other girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, imagine. <laughs> all right, we want to know yours. What was your worst Valentine's Day gift? Thirteen one zero six five with Ashley. Hello. What's the worst gift you've ever got? Hey. So this was back in high school, and I have to preface: he was a pretty shitty boyfriend. Anyway, but <laughs> we've all had we, one of those. Yeah. <laughs> We were driving back home and he picked me up from school and I looked at him and I go, oh, you know, it's Valentine's Day. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Drive to the local 7-Eleven and you know how they even got the $20 bunch of fresh flowers. He looks to the $5 fake rose, that's like the promotional <laughs> rose. And I see his head look like left, right. Pick up the $5 rose, walks back over to the car and gives it to me. I'm in stitches because I'm like, oh, this is a piss take, like, surely. And he's like, oh, oh, no, I thought you would really like it. Oh. Maybe he was trying to Maybe he was trying to make his love last forever. Maybe he wanted that rose to never, oh. ever die like your love, which did die. Do you know, well, I have to be honest, I still have it somewhere. So maybe he was oh, right in a way. It's at the bottom of some box. Why did you my, keep my mom, it? My mum's like, oh, you're going to look back on these times. And you're gonna, I'm like, oh, right, okay. Your mum's like, you are going to look back on these times and want to call into a national a radio, radio show. show and tell this story. <laughs> oh, thank you, Literally. Ashley. That's the best. Thanks for your call. Let's do Erin. Erin, what's the worst Valentine's Day gift? Uh, my dad is not a gift giver. He never has been. So he, one Valentine's Day, came in with this box for my mum and she opened it and it was a kitchen tap. <laughs> oh. Oh, like, poor just like, was so devastated. Like, wow. Did it have this? Did, was it like a set, like a kitchen set that have the spout, like the nose where the water comes out, or was it the turny it was, tap? Oh no, no, it was just like the flick mixer, run of the mill kitchen tap for terrible like broken it. one. Any time that he would go to use the kitchen tap, I, f- I hope that she was like, sorry, that's my kitchen tap. You're not allowed to use it at all, ever. Erin, I got given that for Valentine's Day. Was this the moment that started the divorce? Oh, yeah, um, I think the next birthday gift he got was a clothesline, so she, um, she gave it back to him. Keeping it on theme, at least. All right, thank you, Erin. Let's do Zane. Wrap us up. 131065, what's the worst Valentine's Day gift you've ever been given? 
Look, I don't know if this counts as a gift, but I did once spend Valentine's Day at the doctor's because my ex left me with something red and itchy, if you can. <laughs> Oh. You got an STI for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Can I just ask, did you take it back and ask for a refund? I tried. I tried. And then he left. <laughs> so did you, did you share that present around? I hope not. I don't no. So Ask Uncut is a segment that we do on our podcast on a Thursday and it is where you guys write in your deep, dark and dirty, well, whatever questions you have. And we do our absolute best. (laughs) We do our best to answer them. We might not be qualified, but we come with a lot of experience Mm. from our own messed up relationships of the past. Anyway, this is today's question and it's a doozy. So my partner about five years ended up getting it on with a co-worker after she had a skinful one night. I uh, found out about it, kind of got over it. We worked through it all and all that sort of stuff. However, I still got a bit of an issue. Is it too much for me to expect her to leave her current job? She works in an industry where it doesn't, um, it wouldn't be much for her to uh, quit and she could pretty much start another one the next day. I've told her about what the uh, issue is, the anxiety that I've got with her working at the same place with this knob, with this bloke. And, you know, she says she doesn't see them at work all that much and doesn't want to leave because she doesn't think that she'll be able to get another job. What do you reckon? Am I asking too much? I don't think you are asking too much to ask your partner to leave their workplace and get a new job if, only if, they can very easily get a new job. We all know that work the last few years has been very hard for a lot of people. So if that's going to put them in a super bad position, I don't think you can do it. But you did say it's not going to be an issue for them to go and get another job in the same industry. I think if that's the case and it's making you very uncomfortable with it, if you guys want to continue the relationship, then yeah, I think you are completely in your right to say, you know what, I'm accepting this, that you've done this, I'm forgiving you and I'm moving on, but I'm not comfortable with you working in the same place. I do think that's okay. She did say, though, that she doesn't see the person. I mean, like, look, it's messy and it's hard and it's going to take a long time to get over. But she said she doesn't see the person, the well, co-worker. she also said she was in a monogamous relationship, didn't she? true. Oh, well, uh, but I feel like if you've worked through your issues, you've got to start somewhere. You know, you've got to, like, it's got to be a clean slate. You're like, you, there's got to be some trust that's rebuilding here. So you would assume that she's not lying. Laura, would you, if, if Maddie J cheated on you, but then he still worked every day with that oh, same person? Oh, no, no, no. Exactly. I'd be like, you need to quit your job. <laughs> you would be like, I don't care if you get another job, you're out. But also, I do think, I mean, like, you can't force her to do it. Like, she has to want to do it of her own volition as well. You can't, like, you, it can't be, like, an ultimatum. But maybe for your own anxiety and for your own stresses, like, maybe you won't be able to move past the cheating if she's still working in that workplace. Yeah. And in which case, it does come down to some sort of ultimatum, which, you know, you have to make yourself. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, whether you want to say the word ultimatum or not, it is an ultimatum. You're uncomfortable with it. You probably don't want to continue the relationship knowing that every single day she could be seeing the person that she cheated on you with. So I think you have to know within yourself what you want to do if your partner says, I'm not quitting. You have to know if you're going to stay or if you're going to leave. Totally. The only thing I want to play devil's advocate on this on is like, I know that you say you can start a new job tomorrow, but like no matter what, starting a new job is tricky and starting a new job and meeting new colleagues and, you know, hopefully doesn't meet any colleagues that they like just as much as the old one. But like, no, but just starting in a new workplace is hard. So I think, well, like we have to give a little bit more credit to the fact that it's not just, hey, I'll quit my job and start a new job the next day. I mean... I don't feel sorry for her. She cheated on the workplace. I, I don't think we have to be like, oh, Paul, you's not going to get another job. No. If you have a question for next week's Ask Uncut, you can slide in to our DMs at Life Uncut Podcast and maybe you'll get a run on the radio next week. Mm, hit us up. All right, Nick Kyrgios joins us next. 
Brittany, here you have a story. Some politics at the dog park, one might say. Brit's dog Delilah. If people don't know who Delilah is, it's your beautiful new puppy. How old is she? What breed? Delilah's a couple of months old. I actually love that. I don't know who made that audio, Mitch. I don't know if that we was had you. It made. But we that had is, it made. I love brilliant. that. That's brilliant. I also love that you have audio for your dog, but no one's made any audio for my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Lola. Laura's kid, Lola. <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> I have a dog, Delilah. She's the new little love of my life. I'm obsessed with her, but. Having a dog comes with a lot of controversy, apparently. I've gone down to the local dog park. I've made some friends. Delilah's made a lot of friends. Now, I don't know what the dog etiquette is at the dog park, but long story short, at peak hour at the dog park, there are bulls, footballs, everything's flying everywhere. There are dogs going nuts. It's off lead, so it's bonkers. You've got to really keep your eye on what toy you have brought for your dog. So it might be a ball or it might be a frisbee. Oh, I can see where this is going already. Well, there have been some fights that have broken out recently and everyone started to gossip saying, oh, such and such has taken such and such as ball. And we're not talking about the dog. We're talking about the owners. I want to know what you guys think. So Delilah has a ball. Another dog took the ball and I had my eye on it. Now, balls are hard to come by because Delilah loses a lot of balls. Mm. Took them up to another owner. I went up and I was like, oh, I'll just grab Delilah's ball back. He was like, oh, that's my ball. Oh. I was like, oh, no, like, I think it's my, like, I, I saw your dog. Like, it's cool, but, like, just give it back. And he's like, no, it's my ball. Anyway, it was an Australian Open ball. Like, it's my ball. It's a really rare ball. Like, <laughs> it's I signed by Jordan Thompson. <laughs> it's literally, like, I, I feel like saying to him, like, bro, there's, there's no other. Yeah, just, just pull up the internet. Yeah. I had this moment where I was like, do I fight this and take the dog ball back or do I let it go? And I said, oh, my mistake. And I let it go because I wasn't going to go into it. But there's yeah. been a lot of other people. I, I started to laugh about it with some other people. Somebody going into a full-on fight about the dog taking another ball. To what extent do you own a ball and is it okay for other dogs to swap around the toys at the dog park? I feel like it's one of those moments in life where you have to assess, is it worth getting into a fist fight over a tennis ball? Yeah. I would say no. I would say walk away from the ball. So you'd be happy for another dog to come and take your dog's toy and then never see the toy again. What if it was the last toy that you had? I think I'd go and buy some more toys. But, like, Mm. no, look, I, I get it. I think there are some politics. I also find it interesting at the dog parks how no one ever knows the humans' names. They only ever know the dog. Dog's name. Oh, so are you, you Delilah's mum? Yeah, That's what it is. You only ever refer to the human by their dog's name. Yes. Um, look, I, I mean, yes, I would have loved to have seen you stand your ground and really like <laughs> just stand there and be like, "That's make a scene and end up in the Daily Mail fighting over a tennis ball. That would have truly made my week. I hope you went home and had a look at the ball that it was an Australian Open ball and was like, oh shit, she was right. But like, I didn't realise, I didn't realise that it was like so, dogs were so territorial over their toys. Well, the dogs aren't, the owners are. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. But wait, you're getting so proud over the, do you do, have you ever stolen someone's ball? Have you ever gone home and gone, shit, this isn't our ball? Well, do you want to know what the funny thing is? I felt like I was a thief the other day. I went down to the dog park. There was no one, no one around, right? And it was like finding gold. There was a ball sitting there all on its own. And I looked around really slowly. Like I was I was looking around <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, I don't see anyone. This doesn't belong to anyone. Yeah. I wanted to take it. But I felt so guilty. So what I did was I pretend that I dropped my poo bag. I bent down and picked up the bag, picked up the ball, like hurried it into my bag and ran off. And I felt like a criminal. I feel like an unattended ball in the middle of a field is fair He's game. Fair, yeah. You don't have to like hide it inside a poo. Also, who puts their poo bag, their used poo bag inside their handbag? It wasn't like, used, you idiot. No, no, but for 
some, what I mean is for somebody watching you do that, picking up a ball inside a bag, and then it would look like it's full, and then you've put it into your handbag. I would rather someone think I stole a ball. Yes. I, I did what I had to do. <laughs> <laughs> the Life Uncut Radio Show with, with Britt Hockley and Laura Byrne. We love Fun kiss. I have one of my friends, Nick Kyrgios, joining the show. We're only friends. That's, yeah. that's pretty, that's, I thought we were a bit like more than that, but I thought, pretty... yeah, I'm just acquaintances. <laughs> Wait, yeah. how, how much more? What are we talking no, about here, Nick? Oh, Nick, we did a bit of travelling last year. Yeah, we did travelling, like... You know, I've opened up about about things to you and stuff. But, yeah, friends, all right, we'll keep it at that. Nick, you are pretty controversial. Some people love you, some people hate you, but there is absolutely oh. no denying. <laughs> wow, no, Brittany, well, into it. Welcome to the show, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love it. I love it. I'm hyped. That was a mad intro. I like it. Guys, the intro was still going. I was about to prop you up. Let me finish it. You cannot deny that however you feel about Nick Kyrgios. He is a bloody good tennis player. Nick is the only person to defeat the big three. Now, I'm talking Roger Federer, Rafael Nadal, and Novak Djokovic in his first meeting. Nick, that is absolutely tell him, tell huge. Tell him, Brittany, tell him. <laughs> I, I have got your back, buddy. That is absolutely huge. What did that feel like to know that you're, you've been the only person to do that? Yeah, I mean, look, I've been playing the same way since I was about 10 years old. Just to think that an overweight kid from Canberra has gone on the world stage and, and been able to do that and I think you know inspired a lot of people to just have belief in themselves I think that's pretty special but yeah it's obviously a, a pretty cool feat. Who was the hardest to beat out of the big three? I think Federer for me was the hardest to beat I think for me he's the greatest of all time the other two are obviously incredible players and obviously Rafa at the Australian Open was insane you know I'm, I'd probably say Federer. I mean Nick not only are you out there being a role model but you're also bringing some entertainment to the court too <laughs> but where did this come from for a sport that you know usually you hear everyone's got to be quiet in the audience and you're out there getting a good laugh and a giggle out of everyone where did that sort of entertainment factor come from? I literally have always been like this like from a young age from maybe like 10 years old I play with my heart on my sleeve I, love, I didn't take myself too seriously on court I always you know, I like to joke around and I like to just, you know, have fun out there. And I feel like obviously tennis and, you know, the old gentleman sport, it didn't really fit in. I guess it still doesn't fit in, but I think it attracts a different crowd. And I think that's important as well. But I haven't really changed at all. You know, I try and go out there and I'm definitely a different person on and off the court. Like I'm not full on off the court. I'm try- I'm quite chilled. I like to just, you know, vibe, be around good people, quite caring, very generous. So on the court, it's a bit of an act and it's a bit of a show, you know. You on the court in the Australian Open, you and Thanasi Kokonakis, the big cock, you guys won the doubles. How did that feel and how did you celebrate? Because I know you made a sneaky little comment about that Cock was going to go and get some of the ladies. Did he score? What was the outcome? Um, well, I mean, look, it's not too hard to get some women these days. You know, he's going to ask them a couple of questions. And stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Tell us what but, you really uh, no, think, Nick. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but it was a lot of fun. You know, obviously it wasn't something that we were planning. And then, and as the momentum can happen, you know, you just keep rolling with it, keep keep turning up, keep playing well, and you can beat anyone on any given day. But you know, I'm in I'm in love at the moment, and you know, really happy. So I'm just uh, I actually got the first flight out of um, out of Melbourne back to Sydney, and Cock I think didn't sleep for like three days. So <laughs> we're in very different stages of each other's lives. So yeah, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. You're going to have to talk to him about that one. Oh, you so know. One thing that you are flexing pretty hard on at the moment is your mm-hmm. beautiful new girlfriend, Costine. So you just said you're in love. I mean, everyone in Australia, everyone in the world yeah, knows you're in one. love. She's the one. Shut up. She's the one. I swear to God. I swear to God. I don't care. Seven news it. ABC Wait, it. When are you, you, when are you dropping the knee? I don't know. We'll see. But she just elevates me in every way. Like, 
you know, she gets it. She gets the pressures I deal with. She gets the lifestyle and she doesn't stress me out. It's perfect. And I, I try and support her wherever I can. I absolutely love hearing that. But I think you guys have a really cute story on how you met. Can you fill us in? Uh, <laughs> well, she has a side hustle. She sells home decor. So I needed, I needed to get my sister a Christmas present. And I saw this website, uh, this picture popped up on my Instagram. I was like, oh, this is a nice mirror. And in the mirror, there was a nice girl. And I said, oh, you know what? I'll get both. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. So you bought the mirror. You went to buy the mirror. Was that because yeah, you really went, wanted the mirror? the mirror? Well, I did. I actually did need the mirror too. And then I, <laughs> I, um, I messaged her, um, her business account. I was like, hey, I'm in Sydney for the weekend. Uh, you, if you guys are based in Sydney, like I can make shipping. I just come pick it up from your warehouse. You know, just as you do, nice and professional. And yeah. then... You know, like, I'm not going to lie, but, you know, like, I, and then I proceeded to message her personal account and my DMs are quite successful usually. <laughs> <laughs> Historically speaking. <laughs> well, you told me to be outrageous with this potty, yeah? So at the end... Also, Nick, I like that you got a two-for-one deal. Exactly. How good is that? I'm a businessman. Yeah, be exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's not that's not a great deal and for your partner, but... Do you but know honestly, what? I'm, in, I'm incredibly lucky. She Honestly, she's the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, I'm actually in the best headspace I've ever been in, so I feel good. You're good to stick around for a sec, Nick. We're going to play a game we do on the show. It's called Head Lies. We have uh, some articles written about you. Some are real, some are yep. fake. You have to debunk them for us. Are you good to do that? Yeah, 100, 100. All right, how does this work, girls? So headlines is where we read out some of the uh, amazing, sensational headlines that have been in the media recently. And, Nick, you tell us the truth. What has happened? What is the true story behind the headline? Venus labels Nick Kyrgios an absolute knob after losing doubles match to Australian pair. (laughs) Is that true or false? Oh, that's true. (laughs) it's Michael Venus. That's all, period. Like, it's Michael Venus. Like, that just, like, explains it. The guy's an absolute bum. But for anyone that doesn't know who Venus is, why does that explain it? it? It's, it's, I, don't, I don't need to waste my time. Like, I just <laughs> tell him, like, it's not worth my time explaining who Michael Venus is. So this is a man we hold in extremely high esteem, apparently. Nick Kyrgios says that his non-negotiable is having fresh sashimi and dumplings or he simply will not attend an oh. event. False, false, false. <laughs> That's false. As That's if ridiculous. you would ever do that. Do you have anything, Nick, that you actually, if you're going to an event or you're filming for a day or something, do you have anything that you have to have there? Um, no, not not really. I mean, I'm not a meat eater, so obviously meat's off limits, but everything else, no, and no dairy. That's it. Yeah, right. All right, we're going to hit you with another one. Nick Kyrgios says that he would rename Margaret Court to King Kyrgios Court. <laughs> Um, I mean, I feel like there could be some a, truth to this. Ring to it. <laughs> that is true. I mean, I don't know, maybe I've said it. Maybe I've said it. I feel like you haven't said it, but I feel like it is something that you would absolutely 100% do. Oh, King Kyrgios, it's been a true pleasure having you on the show today. I do want to ask you one thing before you go. What were your thoughts on the whole kicking Novak Djokovic out of the country? People think I stood up for Novak, but it could have been anyone in that situation. I feel as if, like, we kind of fired all shots at him, you know, or everyone's frustrations kind of went towards one sort of person when I just feel like the media as well did a horrific job um, with everything. They love to divide. Put a sour taste in my mouth for the Australian Open. And um, I feel like it could have been, would have been, it should have been so unnecessary to, to do that to him. You know, obviously, I understand the frustrations from the people in Melbourne. They're 300 days lockdown, so bad for the people. No, I don't want to speak too much about it because I feel like the Australian Open was quite successful. Obviously, Ash Barty and, you know, us and me and Cock won the doubles and, and Dylan's last 
sort of a run of the titles. It left a sour taste in my mouth, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think a lot of, I know Jordan said the same thing, but I think a lot of tennis players actually wanted Novak to play. Like, they want the good people to play, even though they get a better chance of winning if they're not here. They love to see those people play. Oh, of course. You want, I mean, for the tournament, you want the best players in the world there, like for the event. And, you know, there's no, no denying he's a global superstar that has an amazing fan base. So, I mean, for the sport, you want him there. But I just think how the media and how the people of Australia went about it may not have been the right way. And, you know, whether it was him, if it was another Aussie, if it was someone else overseas, I would have said my, my thoughts. And I think it was the right thing to do. I am so, genuinely, I am so stoked for you that you're in love and you're happy and you're in the best place of your life. And you're obviously playing some bloody good tennis. So keep that up throughout the year. And thanks for coming on the show today. No worries. See you, Brit. Thank you so much. All new. In 22. Fred Hockley and Laura Byrne getting saucy for your Saturday morning. The Life Uncut Radio Show on Kiss. We couldn't not leave without discussing uh, what, what embarrassed Laura at the beach this week. Because we let our favourite thing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> what have I done to embarrass myself yeah. this week? No, I learned a valuable lesson is what happened to me at the beach oh. this week. But I'm going to, okay, I'm going to share it with you. <laughs> well, yeah, it has something to do with that. So, okay, I obviously got the two kids. I got a two-year-old. I've got a one-year-old. Old. When you go to the beach, we take a lot of stuff with us. Mm. There's so much stuff. So we went down to the beach the other day and had a lovely day, packed everything up, put like, you know, the kids are in their swimming stool, got, got their clothes, got the bags, got the hats, got the sun, got, got everything. And we left and everything was fine. We went back to the exact same beach the next day, right? So we followed the same walking track yeah. and I saw my undies. I had dropped... <laughs> I had dropped my undies the day before on the exact same walking path. And I was like, holy crap, Matt, there's my undies. And Matt was like, well, pick them up. And I'm like, I'm not going to pick them up. I dropped them there yesterday. Anyway, we stood in front of the undies for about 30 seconds debating whether we should pick them up or not. And they were like, they were, they were 100% my undies. They were ASOS undies. And I was like, okay. So Matt's like, I'm going to pick up the undies. Anyway, he picks up the undies. He puts them in the, my kid's little bucket that we've taken with us. And yeah. we go to the beach and have a great day at the beach. We get home. Turns out they weren't my undies. <laughs> I was just about to say, as you were telling this story, I was like, hang on. I was like, Laura Byrne, this is not embarrassing because no one knows they're your undies unless, it's like when you were at school, you know when you send your kids, your kids to camp? And you used to write their name, like your mum writes your name. Oh, you that name tag? Yeah, unless your undies say Laura Byrne. But how, like, I want to know, Guys. how did you differentiate that they weren't yours? Yeah. Were, like no skitties in there? Mine, or, like, were at, <laughs> mine were at home in the garage where all the stuff from the day previously at the beach was. But also, can we just take a moment? I picked up some stranger's yeah. undies from the beach and took them home with me. <laughs> okay, as long as you didn't put them on. As long as you didn't put them on. Did you still have them? Yes, I still have them. Oh, I'm not going to wear them, but I put them in the washing machine. So you cleaned, I'd, you, you, I'd, stole, you stole and cleaned, and now you're going to iron and fold a stranger's underwear. Okay, I need yeah. a new co-host. I need a new co-host. Oh I'm wearing them God. today. No, 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 not, not really. It's a joke. It's a joke. Daily oh. Mail, please don't put that into an article. Oh, I'll put them in the light. bin. No, please do. Burn When them. I get home. Burn them. All right, oh, guys. God. Thanks for listening this week. My God, I believe there is a, an even bigger Life Uncut podcast on the iHeartRadio app this week. We do. We have an awesome episode coming out for you guys this week. It's coming out on Tuesday. Now, it's a bit of a deeper one. We are talking about something called weaponized incompetence. Mm. This might be one that I think some of the women who listen to this radio show might enjoy. I feel like some women do this as well. But basically, it could be, for example, if 
you're a mum and you're doing the lion's share of the parenting or you're doing all the housework or maybe your husband just does a really crappy job of doing the dishes and so you're like, fine, I'll do it myself. It's when somebody really plays into their gender stereotype and is like, oh, I'm not very good at doing that so you can just do it all. Does that make sense? Well, I live alone, so I do everything. It's, Mitch is looking at me a little bit like, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I get you. no, I'm sorry. I'm still thinking about the soiled underpants in the garage, to be perfectly honest. I get it, but you'll unpack it more on Tuesday. Yeah. It is. It is coming out on Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your dog, tell your friends, and share the love because we love love. <laughs> Miss any of the Live Uncut Radio Show with Britt Hockley and Laura Benz? Hear it in the Catch-Up Podcast on iHeartRadio.